I'm Katie J. And I'm Katie H. Welcome to the Katie's. Welcome and good morning, good afternoon, good evening. It is so lovely to be in your earbuds or in your yep. speakers today. Have we, you? Sorry, no, I'm no, already no, going to interrupt you. Please do. This is going right to be that kind of an episode. Um, have you watched The Truman Show? Yes, of course. One of my most favorite movies oh, ever. Gosh, I hate it so much. Really? I <laughs> loved it. And every time I feel like <laughs> I'm on a TV show about my life and everybody's a paid actor. That's how I feel. But anyways, mm. watch the movie. <laughs> 10 out of 10 would recommend. But he says... Good morning, in case I don't see you. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. And every time we do our intro, I always think of the Truman Show. Good morning. (laughs) I've never considered that because I hate that movie so much that I've just blocked it out of my mind forever. You know? Yeah. That's just an immaturity. That's okay. (laughs) We can work through that together. Yeah. We'll work through that one (laughs) off air. (laughs) Send us emails and DMs on your opinion on the Truman Show. Um, Okay. Today, as you can probably tell... It's a little bit more of a casual episode. Casual. Casual, fun. fun. Flirty. And <laughs> I mean, kind of. Um, we're talking about some pitfalls in dating. So some common things that go wrong, some common attitudes that we see, have lived, have watched happen. Don't point at me. I'm <laughs> just kidding. I'm pointing at myself too. Things that we've watched happen that we would just love to like chat about. This is going to be yeah. a little bit more informal. So if that's not your speed, whatever. But yeah, we're I think, chatting. Yeah, this is this is just a good conversation, and it's open ended. So if you have things about this that you're like, hey, I disagree with you, and here's why, or you didn't answer Tell my us question, in an email. <clears throat> literally, <laughs> we can plug that at the beginning of this episode. But um, seriously though, like if you have things that you disagree with or specific situations that you're going through, we would love to have some more casual episodes like this, like mixed into the feed. So send us an email at thekatiespodcast at gmail.com or DM us on Instagram at thekatiespodcast. So we're going to just jump right into it, Katie. What's the first one that you want to talk about? Um. Well, let's see. Common pitfalls in dating. There's just so many to choose from. <laughs> and this is not by any means a comprehensive list. No. This was just like us just shooting off the top of our heads yes i think let's dive in with wanting to fix weak believers Mm. the good old missionary dating yeah and i think this is even sneakier and more dangerous than missionary dating because it's like he's a christian yeah right but everything in his life points to the fact that he does not love or (laughs) honor the lord in his decisions right and it's like well i can I can change him. Like I can be the strong one and then he'll like fall right. in love with Jesus because of me. And <laughs> I mean, I am the Holy yeah. Spirit. <laughs> I know that sounds like a little bit crazy, but it actually happens all the time. Yeah. And it's not, I, I want to also, before we really get into any of these, we are not like talking down to you guys. <laughs> I've Okay. <laughs> Let me just be real for a second. Yeah. I've never been on a date in my life. I have never had a boyfriend. Yeah. I'm not at all speaking out of a place of mastery or basically even knowledge. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I just know the Lord and I know what his standards are for life. Yes. And so we can apply that. And I'm also, I've watched a lot of relationships Mm -hmm. and I've been the friend to a lot of people who have been in relationships. And let me tell you, you learn a lot. Yeah. I 
like talk to some boys, but the only guy I've ever like seriously dated is my husband. We dated for a long time for about six years and 40 years, (laughs) 80 years. Yeah. (laughs) We dated for six years, which (laughs) that's a whole podcast in itself someday. (laughs) 30,000. But I, sometimes I feel like a hypocrite coming into these conversations because I'm like, well, I've only dated one guy, but I dated one guy for six years. And I also you encountered every single thing. <laughs> literally. And I also have many, all of my close friends at this point that I've watched through multiple, multiple relationships and been like intimately involved in some crazy stuff that's mm-hmm. like happened. So we're not talking as people who are like holier than thou or better than you. We're not talking down to you. If we get like firm (laughs) it's only because we're like no really like please listen we've watched this go so wrong yeah and so this isn't like hey dummy like (laughs) like wake up but you're such a moron a little bit like hey we are trying to tell you what we have seen be harmful and (laughs) painful and spare you from it and we also know that we can't do make that choice for you so take it with a grain of salt whatever (laughs) but wanting to fix weak believers i know it's hard you love that boy. You think you love that boy. He's so cute. He's so cute. And he's like at church, like at least two or three weekends a month. Yeah. You know what I mean? And <laughs> I, yeah, we don't need to. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you all know what I'm talking about. This yeah. is. He respects your boundaries. Yeah, but he still pushes them every chance yeah. he gets. He says he goes to church and like knows stuff about God, but there's no evidence in his life that he's growing in fact there's consistent evidence of compromise in the decisions that he makes and the people that he's around you always feel like pushed by him not just like physically but you know you know when you know that this is happening everybody has influence i don't care if it's good influence bad influence whatever if you are dating somebody who is not committed that is going to influence you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, we can't say, you know, like, I'm going to make him better. Yeah. Like, well, and I, I want to take this like in an even more serious direction here. As someone who's been married for a few years and who knows a lot of people who are married and who knows, unfortunately, a lot of people who are divorced. Yeah. Um, and I'm talking young people. Okay? Yes. Young and old. <laughs> I've watched a lot of marriages end. And there are big, huge, gigantic, unavoidable consequences to the person that you marry. There just are. You cannot avoid them. (laughs) And that's for better or for worse. The most like profoundly significant choice that you're going to make in your life, other than following the Lord, is who you marry. Mm -hmm. It informs everything about your family, about like the legacy that you leave, all these things. Like tying yourself to another person is not a light endeavor. (laughs) Um, It's just really something that I think we look at in a fairy tale fantasy kind of light when it is something that should absolutely be the most level headed, mm-hmm. sober minded decision of your entire life. Yeah. And that is so hard when there are feelings involved. And especially if you have, you know, reasons that it's like, oh my gosh, somebody's paying attention to me for the first time and yeah. treating me this way. And you don't have any other, anything else to compare it to. Right. But I promise you, that you will not regret being choosy in the father that you choose for your children. You will not regret that. You can choose your husband. Your kids cannot choose their dad. Yeah. Vice versa, guys and girls, whatever. You have the chance 
as someone who is dating, because we're not living under anything where we're having arranged marriages or yeah. you have to get married by a certain age or Gosh, a social outcast or whatever. <laughs> like you have time, you have yeah. freedom. God has given you free will and choice and you're in a culture and a time where you have options, okay? I promise you that whoever it is that you are making compromises for that you are dating right now is not the best option. Right. I promise you that there are more options out there, that this is not the best it gets for you. If you are thinking, if you are in the trap right now of thinking, well, this is probably the best it gets. Eh, absolutely not. That is not That is not God's will for you. Yeah. <laughs> that is not a true assessment of yourself or of the world around you. Just because you can't see another option for yourself doesn't mean that God isn't in the business of making one. Right. So I just, this is something I'm like so serious about because I've just watched so much fall apart and I've watched kids be the ones that bear all the consequences yeah, the for their parents. Yes, they, they they bear all of the like weight of their parents' poor choices and um that's not to condemn anybody, but like, I I remember talking to the people who we were doing our premarital counseling with when we were engaged and even Will and I talking to each other, but we had dated for a long time. And so obviously we wanted to get married. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously- <laughs> What do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> so Katie, you've never been on a date, but here's how things work. Uh. <laughs> obviously we wanted to get married. Yeah. Um, and we did love each other, but I feel like we had kind of the benefit of being past the like, honeymoon phase of dating we knew each other pretty dang well at that point and we talked all the time and we're encouraged to say like hey this is joyful this is like one of the most joyful experiences of your life but also you want to make sure that you are sober-minded you Mm -hmm. want to make sure that you are completely clear-headed in this decision even six years in it wasn't too late to back out yeah if red flags came up and if things came up and you know we're not perfect and we have our stuff all the time, but I can confidently say that this person is someone that I am proud to raise a family with, that he is someone that I know and have watched consistently over the years. We've been together eight years that I've watched him choose and pursue and love the Lord more than me. And I've watched him grow. He hasn't just like stayed where he's at. He has grown constantly in his capacity and in his pursuit of God. And that exists for you. And he was just a squirrely 17 year old boy when I started dating him he wasn't like this amazing pillar of like whatever but he has grown and that's been the evidence that like I needed to make a sober-minded choice and you know also with the counsel of people in my life whatever I feel like I'm talking a lot but this is something I'm so passionate about because I've just I've watched it go so wrong and once you have the chance right now if you're dating somebody to or engaged Mm -hmm. to be critical once you are married to someone and make that covenant, it doesn't matter if there's things that you didn't see before. It's still a covenant. Yeah. And I'm not talking about abuse, whatever. I'm not talking about adultery. I'm talking about if there's things that you don't like and you're like, oh, this person actually like isn't what I thought and they're not serving yeah. me or making me happy. Oh, okay. Well, there are massive consequences now yeah. to choosing to end things. And according to God, those reasons aren't good enough. Yeah. That's not popular to say, but it's true though. someone not making you happy is not a reason to break a covenant and a vow that God holds as sacred. So you want to make sure (laughs) that you know what marriage is, that it's not the thing that's going to fulfill you, that you know that the person you're dating is strong and trustworthy and capable. Um, And you want to make sure the same about yourself. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think it's easy maybe when you hear stuff like this to be like, okay, so you're telling me I have to find a perfect person. Nope. And that's not true. Um, I think that this fits exactly into what Katie was saying of, um, she watched her husband grow 
Yeah. And that was that was the thing. You know what I mean? It's not that he was perfect. No, I was able to like hang around long enough. Yeah. And do not date someone for six years. I would never recommend that to anybody. We're so funny. We're like the hypocrites. We're like, no, don't no, <laughs> don't date in high school. It's the worst thing ever. Yeah. Um, but seriously, but we did have enough time. And I would say that it's like at least a year or two if you're not <laughs> in high school. Mm-hmm. But we had enough time to like at least go through things together to watch the other person go through loss, to watch the other person yeah. lose a job, to watch like all these things and to see how that person reacted, not just to us face to face, but having other people in our life know them and have kind of yeah. this social capital that we were able to see, like, what do you see in this person and be critical of that decision yeah. so that, you know, there's always going to be surprises, but we were able to see the big stuff. Yeah. Pay attention. Mm-hmm. Look for signs. Take note of the red flags, <laughs> please, 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 please. Take note of the red flags. And yeah (laughs) yeah another pitfall we see is viewing people like potentials for yourself rather than people and this is kind of predating too this is something that I had brought up when we initially started talking about doing this episode because this is a fall I have fallen into but we watch all the time and that's when people meet somebody and it's like all right is this my boyfriend Instead of is this my husband? Like this, crazy. the father of my children, and it's like you met two minutes ago, so probably not. But, um, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like odds viewing, are no. Yes, viewing these people only in relation to what they could be for you, yeah. Instead of as people and as members of the body and all of these things, and that creates so many issues. It is, and it's a tricky one. Because I think we can easily convince ourselves that like, oh, I'm just like seeing my options. I'm just like looking around like, sure, see your options, look around. There's nothing yeah. wrong with that. But when you start like neglecting the like humanity and the sensitivity of mm-hmm. the people that you're around in the way that you behave around them. So I'm talking like either you can be super flirty and just messing with people to like kind of see where your options are yeah. all the time or writing all people off because you're like, oh, they don't meet this check, 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 check. Like they're yeah. not, they're not going to be what I need them to be. So you don't need to marry them. Just be a friend. No, <laughs> but I, I really think girls are notorious for this. Yes. I think we're not good at it. And I want to say something maybe might like ruffle some feathers a little bit. Do I don't it, know. Girl. I, my friends, our brothers are made in the image of God. And there is this preeminent cultural narrative right now that is a sticky trap that diminishes the value of men and convinces us that they are weak, emotionless liars. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying all men are good because we know that they're not. Yeah. Not all women are good. We know that there's evil in the world, but how dare we (laughs) assume that we have the right to treat all men with contempt and, you know, expendable as a whole for the actions of a few. Yeah. We want to be treated well. We want to be respected. We want to be, you know, like the bare minimum. Like we yeah. should want those things. But let's let's return the favor. Yeah. Let's show some respect. And I'm not trying to be like so, so hard on everybody right now, but I've kind of watched this happen a lot where, yeah. you know, it's the kind of, it's the joke of like men ain't, you know, yeah. men ain't, whatever. And <laughs> Like, how dare we as yeah. believers who know the value of individuals to God, who mm-hmm. know God's redemptive work for those people, like, 
how dare we treat them as expendable? And that doesn't mean you have to date everybody or like be nice to people just because they're, you know, whatever. Like we don't have to be nice to people who are like rude and disrespectful. Not saying that. Yeah. But we can do better. Yeah. And I think that this is easy to fall into. I think even if you do recognize the value of the people around you, it can be easy to do this on accident. Mm -hmm. But if you recognize that you're doing this on accident, it's your responsibility to fix it. That's something like I, (laughs) when I'm like uncomfortable in situations, my default is like, oh, I'm going to like make fun of you, (laughs) which is like fun and funny in like some relationships, (laughs) but like not right off the bat and not in the way I was doing it. And it was like, I'm uncomfortable with the way that I feel about this guy or with the way I don't feel about this guy. So let me just put him down. So let me just like roast you into oblivion. Like that's kind of been my approach. And that's something I've had to really reel in in the last couple of years because I, I did not know how to talk to people of the opposite gender. And we're going to get into this more later in the episode, but it's now my responsibility to rectify that. Mm -hmm. I don't get to just talk to guys flippantly and absolutely roast them and like do all of these things because, oh, that's just the way I am. Or I think it's funny or they're just guys, they can take it. And I realized it was like, it's unfortunate to say it, but I had a realization in late high school of like, oh my gosh, these guys like have feelings. And it's like terrible and honestly a little bit terrifying that I had to have that realization. But <laughs> let me tell you, if you are not a girl, <laughs> um, just like the rhetoric that happens behind closed doors about the guy's in our lives is like pretty appalling um yeah this is a big double standard yeah this is we could go on a tangent with this oh i think that maybe it's necessary to to a degree because like women (laughs) get your act together that's kind of how i feel and this is like i like we said at the beginning this is not a i'm talking down to you because i'm so much better this is i've partaken in this for sure in a way that's disgusting and i'm so gross and i mean i can think of situations i've been in where people I've been with have been talking or at times I've said things right but like talking about men that I'm like if this situation was reversed and I found out that a guy was talking about me like this the white hot rage inside of me I would punch his skull in (laughs) I would ruin his life like I would enact swift justice (laughs) yes and why is it different I don't understand well because it's It's so easy to do that like I'm just like I'm not saying like you're also dumb I'm saying why is it so easy to do this I think a big part is it's cultural and it's societal. And like yeah. you're saying, when all of the women in pop culture, when all of the women who are in spotlights are saying, you know what, you don't need guys. They're pigs. They're disgusting. Men are pigs, yeah. Men are pigs. They're disgusting. They're nasty. They only want one thing. They're never going to, you know what I mean? Like when this is the rhetoric and then we walk well, into then, a situation. Well, then we like, we flip it onto them to like get our power back in some weird yeah. way. And like, yeah it's gross it's let's do better we've kicked them down like five pegs in their humanity in their it's not even like a okay you're like disgusting and we're actually like actually justice needs to be served it's like you're just a man and for that we are you know we're gonna degrade you because you know yeah because you're a man (laughs) i think for a lot of us for some people it's like 
real anger and bitterness. Yeah. But I think for a lot of us, it's not intentional. Yeah. It's really not. And I, I just think it's something we need to be aware of and we need to seek the Lord on and ask yeah. for his, his perspective and to really like fully love the men in our lives mm-hmm. in a way that is holy and good. And, um, yeah, I, there's no room for contempt no. in the body of Christ. And I think we, we tend to be much kinder on ourselves in our own yes. sex and much harsher on men in that way. Yeah, absolutely. But to go back to the original point, this is treating men only as potentials, only mm-hmm. for what they could potentially be for us and not like humans and like our brothers in Christ. And I think the term brothers in Christ gets like a bad rap because if you've been on like My a brother in Christ, <laughs> yes, if you've been on like a Christian meme page for any more than like <laughs> two minutes, you've seen like eight brother in Christ memes, but really like yeah. if you are not my future husband, <laughs> you are, I mean, even my future husband's my brother in Christ, but you know what I mean? Yeah. If you are not my future husband, you are still something yeah it sounds deeply, like now you have nothing to offer me exactly no, and you I have nothing to offer you something deeply and profoundly important to me and that is a fellow citizen in the kingdom of christ mm-hmm. and that requires a level of respect and that requires love and for preference. each other and that absolutely goes both ways yes men if you are listening to this the women in your lives are your co-heirs mm-hmm. like treat them as such I don't Mm -hmm. care if you like her or not. (laughs) It's your responsibility as a member of the body to treat each other with respect and just the decency that accompanies being a Christian. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to another pitfall. And this one I'm excited to talk about. And I love some of the things you've written here. But one big pitfall is viewing marriage as the ultimate destination of the Christian life. Yeah. Don't even need to preface this one. We know, we know this happens. We know we do this. (laughs) We know we do this. And I am just going to leave this thought here. When we do this, we idolize a spouse and a person who, as they exist in our imagination, don't exist, Yeah, but also who will never live up to our imagination. And in doing that, we sacrifice what the Bible calls the gift of singleness on the altar of discontentment. Yeah. Plain and simple. It's, it's a big trap. It's a big trap that makes us discontent and ineffective and bitter towards the Lord. Yeah. And at the base level, regardless of your relationship status, single, married, divorced, widowed, whatever, God has purpose exactly where you are. Like no relationship status is going to change the God you serve or like his ability to use you. But I love what you put here. So in this, you know, being in the situation I'm in, (laughs) no, (laughs) Uh, just being that I have not joined the dating world. I've thought a lot about this and I've heard a lot of things and I've read books and I've listened to pot, whatever. For better or for worse. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, you can't (laughs) see me, but I'm like, so obnoxiously tapping my brain because it's just so much information that I've taken into my brain. And the overwhelming, overarching message is you will not experience the full holiness and joy of the kingdom until you get married. (laughs) And where 
There's nowhere where is that in the Bible. Exactly. And there's nowhere in the Bible that says that. And you're not going to read a book that actually says that. But it's the attitude. It's the attitude of like your relationship with the Lord is really cool. Just wait until you get married. And then you experience. We've this all whole... we've all heard it of like, oh, and my husband. And yeah. they, you know, they've been married for like eight weeks. And it's like, <laughs> and the way that he loves me has just like revealed. And honestly, like there are some awesome yeah. things in marriage of like, that's a cool new perspective that I have. Yes. But it doesn't like change <laughs> my relationship. Right. It doesn't it doesn't fulfill me more than I was fulfilled before I was married. It shouldn't at yeah. least. Um and I it's mean, a gift. It's a hugely wonderful thing, but I'm not holier than I was before I was married. Right. Yeah. It's beyond God having plans for you, regardless of your season. Mm-hmm. You can have a full relationship with the Lord, regardless of your marital status. For sure. I do not have a partial view of Christ in my singleness. You know, I'm not living half a Christian life mm-hmm. that I get to now have a full life. You're an when incomplete I meet, puzzle piece yeah. until you meet that perfect person. Which is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. And I wish you didn't say it. <laughs> no, but like, yeah. But you know what I mean? It's like, I am not half a Christian waiting to become a whole Christian. I, you know, whatever. It's just, I read a book one time and it was talking about how like, you as a single Christian are not a junior varsity Christian. It's not like, okay, here's the varsity Christians who got to get married and they're all doing this (laughs) stuff and they're holy and they're experiencing God on a plane of existence that you'll never get to experience. Absolutely not. No, (laughs) absolutely not. We are co-heirs. You and me, we're standing before Christ in the same way. If I died today, dateless, Lord, please no. If I died today dateless, I would stand before the Lord in the same way that everybody else has stood before the Lord. And yeah. but here's something. <laughs> I thought just made me think, I'm so sorry. When you were a kid, were you ever like, please, Jesus, don't come back before I'm, I have a boyfriend? That's me actively now. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, man. I mean, I guess. Just Christian kid things. Anyway, <laughs> go ahead. I'm like, I guess the rapture can happen, <laughs> but like I really don't want it to. But one thing that I'm really thinking about in this context is like we all stand before the Lord as individuals. And obviously I, this is not to diminish marriage. I hope that is not how this comes across. Um, I recognize the beauty in the covenant of marriage. I, my desire is to partake in that. (laughs) Like that is um, there's excitement and there's joy and there's growth and there's refining and mm-hmm. all of that stuff. This is not to diminish it, but absolutely at the end of our lives, we stand before Christ as individuals right? and we answer for the way that we spent our time on earth. And, you know, like I said, if I died today, God's not going to be like, well done, my good and faithful servant. But like, I really wish mm-hmm. you had gotten married because like, Maybe then you'd have a better mansion up here. Maybe you you would actually have done what I wanted you to do. Maybe like you would have like actually lived the Christian life. No, no. no. I answer for my actions here and that's, that's how it is. It's true. And I think when we hold a spouse or a potential future spouse as the thing that's going to satisfy us, like we're in, we're in murky waters there and It's really, really easy to do when you're single and it's really, really easy to do when you're married. When you're single, it's a discontentment of, it it like stalls you where you're at of like, and like I said before, it can make you really bitter 
towards yeah. God. Like, why have you not given me this thing that's going to satisfy me? Yeah, that's going to answer all my questions yeah. and heal all my wounds. Yes. When we do that in marriage, it leaves room for contempt and bitterness because that spouse is not fulfilling you the mm-hmm. way that you have desired to be fulfilled. And so much of the Christian walk is just stripping away these false securities and false illusions of satisfaction and learning, like we've said a million times, that the only well that we can draw from that will satisfy and not leave us thirsty again is God himself. Yeah. It's actually probably a leg up to learn that when you're single mm-hmm. than to learn that when you're married and there's another person who deals with the shock waves of your discontentment. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's a lesson that we have to like actively walk out for our whole lives, but start now, yeah. start now, wherever you are, start now. And not, <laughs> and not only starting now because it's going to be good in marriage, start now because that's glorifying to the Lord. Right. Um, it's easy. Yeah. You as an individual start now yes. because you will be satisfied only in yes. the Lord. It's easy to, as Christians frame it as like, Oh, like work on this stuff before you get married, no. work on this stuff for the Lord. Like yes. to be edifying to the Lord, to bring him glory. That is why you work to get a right <laughs> perspective Mm -hmm. not so that one day you can be the apple of your husband's eye because you've put in so much work no No. it's so that i can the lord can delight in me Mm -hmm. and in that there's fullness of joy and then there's marriage and that's beautiful and great and we get to reap the benefits of doing this work because we're not bringing all this baggage into a marriage yeah but that is not the point it's a byproduct yeah i i do want to be careful to not disparage like marriage because It is an incredible gift, but it is not the destination and it is not a qualifier for a holy, effective Christian life. And it is not a qualifier for satisfaction. Yeah. So that's that. Yeah. There's another thing that we kind of want to hit on in this episode decently quickly, but it's important. And that is friendships with the opposite sex. And this could be after you're married or you're in a relationship or this could be in your singleness but friendships with the opposite gender they have to be different (laughs) and what does that look like and should we even have friendships with the opposite gender and can they be your best friend all questions we're going to answer in the next five minutes thanks for (laughs) tuning in (laughs) comprehensive answer yes First of all, this kind of ties back into what this absolutely ties back into what we were talking about. When we view people as potentials instead of people, we immediately make friendship with the opposite sex awkward and unfruitful because Amen. it's basically cutting it off at the pass. And it's saying like, ah, no, because you are not my future husband. Therefore, you're nothing to me. And we've spent a decent amount of this episode talking about it. So I don't know that we need to belabor this point, but it's it's important enough to reiterate. <laughs> Another thing is we are big proponents for having friendships with the opposite sex. Yeah. Um, I just like a little bit of my life is my friends in high school, like my closest friends at school were all guys <laughs> and scared my parents a little bit, <laughs> but they were good and lovely and there was never any interdating and it was great. And, um, I'm really thankful that I had those guys and my husband now was like a friend with all of them. And so what's cool is 
in the way that they respected me, but also that I respected them, it left room now so that while in my marriage, I'm still able to be friends with these guys. Mm -hmm. And it looks different. Like, it's not just me hanging out solo with the boys. Like, and that never really happened. (laughs) But it's cool because we, like, had good boundaries and they respected me that we are able to, like, comfortably engage with each other and each other's spouses and, like, enjoy the fruits of those friendships without anything like murky yeah without it being like oh my gosh yeah. we have this weird past yeah or, oh we I like have this I, I seriously love these boys so much like when just when I think about them I I'm so thankful for them they've they were really really good to me and so I tend to be like pro friendship with the yeah. opposite gender maybe a little bit more than others but I've also I don't think it was just blindly done like I think that right. there was like effort and hard work and respect on all sides that like contributed to that being a healthy thing. So yeah, that's where I'm coming from. Well, and like in any relationship, it takes the proper boundaries, right? Even with people with, of the same sex, right. you have to have proper boundaries right. and it in wasn't general. The, just like a practical look at this, like it wasn't really ever expressed, but I never spent one-on-one time yeah. with any of those boys really other than like, Oh, we're like, they're walking me to my car. Yeah. Like after we're at the beach, you know what I mean? Something like that. And then then we're like in public in broad daylight in the middle of everything. So (laughs) that kind of thing. Um, So that was just like a boundary that no one ever talked about, but it was just something that I established for myself, but also my parents established for me. Also, if it was just going to be like two of them, my mom was always like, hey, bring another lady, like bring somebody along with you, right? Where it wasn't just like, there was no room for there to be like interpretations of things being weird. And I'm really grateful for that because you know, it, I'm saying that because it didn't have to be this big, awkward conversation of like, right. so we don't accidentally kiss each other. Yeah. We need to like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> they're like, you, you go and you're like, you know, I'm a girl <laughs> and you're like a boy. <laughs> so this probably means we're going to have children outside of wedlock. Oh and so gosh. we've got, but like, actually, yeah. So it didn't have to be that weird because it was just like, there was never an opportunity for anything to be weird because so we don't kiss each other <laughs> on accident. Surprise. Yeah. Um but yeah, I it was like direct enough in the fact that they knew I wasn't just going to hang out with them one on one. They were respectful boys, so they didn't try to do that anyway. But yeah. Yeah. I I mean, my experience with friendships with the opposite sex has been limited in the sense that I didn't do this well in high school. I had like one or two guy friends and I wasn't good at not viewing guys as simply potentials. And so um, I looked around and it was like, all right, well, who could I potentially date? And then Mm -hmm. when that fell through, they became my guy friends. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that's like a messy way of doing it. I would not um, I would not recommend (laughs) only having guy friends that you used to (laughs) like. But um, (laughs) here we are. (laughs) But here we are. No, but that's very much how it was in high school. And then now I've been intentionally you know, investing in friendships with guys in a healthy way. And I've seen the fruit of that. And one of the fruits is it's not taboo anymore. It's like, okay, I'm spending time with the men in my life and it's good. And there's fruit from that because also, I mean, to frame it in the context of a future marriage or a future relationship, you're you're gathering data in this time. Um, not like... We're saying it's not like, a oh, well, you're all potential, so I'm going to, you know. But you're looking at the way that these guys behave and they act and taking notes mentally of like, oh, that's something I really respect. And then 
that's forming like your standards yeah. for who you look for in the future. And that's mm-hmm. something I didn't expect or realize I didn't even have until I started being friends with guys and noticing like, oh, I, I don't think I would like that in a relationship. And it's right. not something I expected. But right. now I'm seeing it modeled and I'm like, oh, I don't love that. Mm-hmm. And so now I know I'm, you know, not going to look for somebody who does X, Y, or Z. 100%. Whatever. I think that you made another good point here about like, can you really be best friends with someone of the opposite sex and no. uh, yeah, I would make the argument no because and this was another thing that I'm happy with with those guy friends that I had the way that this went down is there was no real opportunity and there was a conscious effort at least on my part to not like overshare. Our best friends are the people that we can share those like deepest parts of yeah. our hearts and our struggles with. And as much as I will wish it could be different, like the fact is there's almost always going to be something weird if you start sharing the deepest parts of your heart with a friend of the opposite gender like it's going to get weird and not necessarily from both sides which also makes it even weirder is that like someone's going to get attached and and it would be me (laughs) yeah no like no but you know what I mean when you are sharing your heart emotionally this is something that I've had to learn and that is you know sharing these intimate parts of my heart is not healthy because I I get attached or my heart gets involved in the same thing. Um, when a guy starts to share a lot about their heart, I get attached. Yeah, <laughs> my heart for sure. Gets involved for sure. Because that's what we're well, created that's how for. We're made. That's how we're made. Yeah. And intimacy like has a natural progression that it grows from. So yeah. that's part of it is sharing those things leads to greater intimacy, which leads yeah. to greater comfort, which leads to greater physical comfort and all those right. things. Like it just happens. So, so no, you let's can't not be have foolish. a best friend no. of the opposite sex. And especially if you have a husband and you are actively going to another man outside of your marriage for comfort or for confidence or fun and <laughs> comfort and solace and all of these things like i just that, that is, has never ended well that is a adultery light you know what i mean like adultery <laughs> light well on that note um, all right thank you for tuning in <laughs> this episode was a little bit all over the place but just some of our thoughts, things that we've been wanting to talk about. If you have more questions, like I said, email us, DM us. We love you guys. And, you know, we will talk to you soon. See you later. Bye-bye.